I know, that's about all we need. See, here's the thing. Um, Christ balanced us, and I'll go through this. He balanced us 2,000 years ago, and religion is trying to get you to balance it for the last 2,000 years. Trying to add something to Christ, and you can't. He literally, when he said it was finished, he thought he did something, and then the church for 2,000 years is trying to go, it's not that finished, it's really not that good. And so uh, I just want to, see, I know this, is the danger is not in, um, uh, well, how about this one? I, I, remember, I remember seeing Charisma Magazine, Hyper Grace. The danger of hyper grace. Anybody see that? There's no danger in preaching hyper grace. He's extravagant. The danger is limiting in the message of he didn't do it all. You need to add something to it. That's what kills you, not hyper grace. Hyper grace, uh, because here's what he says. If you add any kind of legalism with grace, you know what it is? Hyper law. He goes, if you have to balance anything, it's hyper law. It's your bite back in. It's either full on grace or it's nothing. And so I just want to talk about this whole balance of God and, and really, in God's eyes, see, when Adam and Eve fell, um, man, it's, it's really hard to find the words. And I see why all these theologians and ministers over the last, you know, 2,000 years really, like, how do you, how do you explain in, in words what Jesus actually did? It's, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, it has to be almost the spiritual revelation that you, when, when uh, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And what, what was Peter's answer? You're the son of God. The son of man is the son of God. So he goes, you are the son of God. And he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. So it wasn't a, a pastor or anything like that. He goes, that was God himself sharing that. If you see Jesus, he is a son of man. And he's also the son of God. Those two things are now meshed into one thing. Heaven and earth have met again into the new temple, which is you. Does that make sense? You are the new temple. I know, I know Israel's trying to build one, but you are it. It's what it says. It says you are the third one. You, you're, you're the, you are the temple. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, balance in God's eyes. So here's the thing. When Adam and Eve sinned, um, did the value of, of man ever diminish in his eyes? Who had to get reconciled, God's mind or our mind? He never changes. He says, I love completely all the time, always, never change, etc." So he never changed. If you go read in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 what love is, he says, love keeps no record of wrong. Right? When did he start keeping a record of it? He never did. Does that make sense? Because he never changed. So what, ha- what happened? Who, who was affected? Us. Our, we felt guilty, our conscience, etc. We were just singing about it. You know, the, the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Who went after who? He goes, I love my kids so much. They're so valuable. I'm going to go get them. He, went, he rescued us. A lot of times I go, we found Jesus. You didn't find anything. You can't find your cell phone. It's a, <laughs> that's why we have these deals, Right? It's, isn't that true? I'm, I just, I, we didn't find him. He, he, he went after us. He said, listen, you were all like sheep that went astray, right? So he sends out the shepherd. He'll leave everybody and go get one. You're that valuable to him. Does that make sense? And you were the coin that never lost its value. If there was one out of 10 that lost his value, goes, I'll, I'll sweep the house. I'll do everything. I'm going to go find that coin and I'm going to rejoice. Well, you're the coin, does that make sense? And then you were also the son. Those are the parables. He goes, listen, I love you so much. I went after you. That's how unbalanced he is. He said, when you were still ungodly, Christ died for you. I love, I'm not going to do this tonight, but go look at the much mores. Go just do a, a, a search in the new covenant and say much more. Because it'll say, if this is true about Adam, if this is true when you were a sinner, how much more this is true now that you're a righteous and a son. Does that make sense to you? So I don't have my clicker to honest, so I'm going to have to do this the old-fashioned way in manual. Okay, can you just hit that next slide for me? All right. So we talked about this a little bit last week. Righteousness. How many of you guys have ever heard this term, righteousness? 
And the, most of it you'll get explained like this. Righteousness is right standing with God. Is that, it? Is that how you were explained to it? It's right standing with God. That still doesn't mean a whole lot to me, to be honest with you. But righteousness literally in Hebrew is that word zadak or zadak. Uh, Alan, you know all this. The king of righteousness, Melchi Zedek. Zedek literally is, in the Hebrew, it's that wooden beam of a scale. Righteousness is from the word, the wooden beam of a scale to be perfectly balanced and equal. Isn't that beautiful? So he says, the righteousness of man is, means you're perfectly balanced and equal with him. That's the balance of God. Isn't that cool? So Jesus came and he balanced you with himself. That's what it says. He was in Christ reconciling the world to what? Himself. Isn't that beautiful? So the entire creation has been reconciled to himself, is what it says. Now, that's not taught for 2,000 years, which is why it's such a mess, but that's actually what Scripture says. He balanced us to him. And so Adam and Eve, when they ate from the tree, did they feel unbalanced? Yes. Did God look at them as unbalanced? No. So when we see, when we see fallen from grace, God never deemed them fallen from grace. He kept them equal because he never changes. He never changes his mind. I'm no wavering. I don't change any commitment, etc. Man thought he wasn't as weighty as God anymore. Does that make sense? So then God comes. And I'm going to show you the scriptures. said, all of a sudden Christ comes and he goes, whoa, that's the glory of God. That's the son of man and all of us are in him. So we are the same weight. Because uh, God is on one side of a scale and man, kavot, you know this in Hebrew, Alan, er, Kavot is like weight is one of the things, but it says glory, splendor, magnificence, etc. but it really it's a, a weight of a scale. And that's why you see in Proverbs, if you went into the temple, everybody was weighing stuff, right? And in, in uh, uh, Proverbs it says God hates unequal weights. Now that doesn't mean just cheating. What that means was he hated this system where you had to bring in so much to do whatever to be weighted back to God. And really what he was saying, listen, if you have a dove, if you have an ox, it really doesn't matter, all of you the same in me. Whether you brought in a dove or an ox, didn't really matter, because I have to show grace to everybody. Follow me? But anyway, so glory, this weight, how many of us think of glory, we think of um, something glorious, something that says splendor, like lights and whatever. Follow me? But really, it literally means the weight of God. It's, it's on a scale. And so Jesus comes and he says, you know what, I'm going to make you the same glory and weight as me. Isn't that beautiful? So you're balanced. Balanced to what? Christ himself. Isn't that amazing? To me, that's amazing. Some of you guys are sitting here going, is that real? Um, it, really, <laughs> it really is real. So in, in, uh, uh, in Greek, it's doxa. You know, we think the doxology and all that. He literally goes, listen, God was in Christ reconciling. You're the same weight as Jesus Christ. That's why in Revelation it says, we found one worthy to receive honor, glory, etc. There was nobody else but God himself that could give the value to go redeem you. It had to be, you're the same value as Jesus Christ. So you are balanced, guys. Complete, nothing lacking. Does that make sense? And you can stop there. See, anything other than that is you're going to... That's where I just, the more and more we're just like... We sit, we sit around every morning almost, and we go through some of this stuff. I go, this thing is so easy. What? This, there's not much for us to do. That's why Jesus said, you know what? Hey, take on my weight. My, my yoke is easy. These yokes of the Pharisees and Sadducees trying to get you to do all these things, and it's not much different 2,000 years ago, guys. Almost any service I go through, they tell you to do something more. Get into the word more. Get into prayer more. Do this more, to this more. And the message is supposed to be, He's already balanced you. You're completing him, nothing lacking. Don't be, 
persuaded by any of those convincing arguments because it feels good to us. We think, man, something must be missing. I must have to pray harder. I get those texts all the time. I'm praying hard. I was like, I'll do this one on my own because this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So (laughs) there's no hard praying. There's nothing like that. It's simply that I, you know what? I'm going to renew my mind to the fact that I'm already balanced with him and he loves me perfectly. How much more can I just freely receive everything? That he gave me everything when I was a sinner. I'm much more now that I'm back in the righteous family balanced with him. Does that make sense to you guys? So hard, soft, it really doesn't matter. When you, you just know that you have everything that you require in him. You're knocking nothing. Isn't that easy? You know, in fact, when we first got grabbed a hold of grace, we're like, this is so easy, man. Everybody's going to want this. We'll be done in like a month. Because it's such good news. Everybody's going to like... But boy, you talk about, you, you get thrown out of a church, holy smokes, man, talk grace, talk balance, the balance of God, and they will throw you out. No, you must do much more. You need to do the word more. Do this, this, you know what? It's this self-righteousness. We were talking about that the other night, weren't we? And it's, it's shockingly good when you get down to the brass tacks of this thing, because it starts taking you to places like, well, if that's true, holy smokes. And that's where I want you to get. Does that make sense? It's like this mystery. It's this, it's this thing that we want to we box God in and that we can't really. He's like, listen, you're, you're one with me. If you require anything, just know I've got it for you. That should make us all happy. That should make us all joyful. I just see a lot of people run around battling demons that aren't very happy because they don't know it's finished. They're still trying to finish it. Follow me? All right, so you're already completing Christ, nothing lacking. You're in union with the great I am. That's literally what you need to know is that exousia really is this word where it says, out of who I am. And it's, that's, we, we translate it power a lot of times in the New Covenant, but it says, listen, the only power you need to know is you are out of him. And every other principle and power is, is wrong. So you are already united with the great I am. So that's why I tell everybody, hey, why Paul's writings where he says, hey, be reconciled because what? You are reconciled. That's because be holy because what? You're already holy. He's made you all this. Hey, be healed because what? You're already healed. See, we get all this teaching like, well, if you're not experiencing your healing, do all this stuff. I'm like, just be healed. Just, I know it's like this hard thing, but it's just resting in the fact that let him do everything. You are the, you are, he's the vine. You're the branch. Just rest. Go, he's in me. God, if he loved me when, he, when I was a nonsense sinner, ungodly, how much more than now I even share his name. And just let him do it. That's how much he loves you. Amen? Now all these vain philosophies and traditions of men will come in there. Well, you need to pray like this. You need to have this. You need to do this. You need to, you need to have... Uh, uh, pick one. I don't really care. You're going to have to do something more under religion. You gotta, or you've got to believe correctly versus just believe I'm in him and my, my faith doesn't matter. It, it, you know, his faith, it says from faith to faith. It literally says there's one faith. And out of that, it gives us assurance, faith. It has nothing to do with your faith. Isn't that good news? Boy, you talk to a charismatic, that's bad news to them. They hate that. They want to have their faith, and they tell everybody to build it up like me. And then, that, well, then I get behind closed doors with them, and they go, I don't have much faith. I go, welcome to the club. The beautiful part is it's his faith that does all these things. I'm going to bed. Amen? So anyway, back to, <laughs> I showed you that text with this guy. We're going to pray and fast all night. I said, bro, you're making this way too hard. I'm going to bed, man, because he's the one who never sleeps and never slumbers, and he's the one that was in Joshua 1.8 that did everything day and night. What, you and I, you think that's, that's written to us? Are you kidding me? How many of you guys have done it? When do you get to eat? When do you go to the bathroom? See, none of that's written about you. He goes, this was written about Jesus, which is a type and shadow of good things to come. Now Jesus came. He's the one that was in the word day and night, that's never slept, that's never slumbered, that's never changed. And now you have your assurance in him. 
Everything that you ever wanted was already done in him 2,000 years ago. Isn't that cool? To me it is. So religion keeps you feeding on the tree of I'm still trying to get there or do something more. That was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. Right? Does anybody believe that? I believe that. So Christ did not come to give us a set of rules. Boy, that's another one people just get all hung up. Well, Christ gave us some commands. I go, yeah, he said, believe in the one that was sent. That's what it was. What do we do? Did we do the works of God? Believe in me. Believe that I did all the work. And now you're equally yoked with me. And I didn't even trust you. So when, I, when Abraham was, this type and shadow, when Abraham was going to cut a covenant, Abraham thought he had to do something. So he put Abraham to sleep. Said, Abraham, you'll screw this up. This is between the Father and Jesus Christ for all mankind. I'm going to put you to sleep. You're just going to see it. Isn't that cool? So he didn't give us a set of rules. He came to reveal our righteousness. He came to reveal when you saw Jesus, when all these people saw Jesus, they go, whoa, that's man and God fully reconciled. That's really a picture of us today. Amen? So when you go look at Jesus and his works, what can we do, honestly? He's showing you him. That's what he says. If you look under Christ, it's as if you're looking in a mirror. Isn't that good news? To me, that is. He goes, if you look at the law, it's, you're going to be disappointed because it's going to be a veil that's going to keep you from Christ. But the veil was torn in Jesus Christ. And he says, if you look at me, it's as if you're looking into a mirror. And the spirit, that spirit of sonship changes you into that image from glory to glory to glory, to splendor to splendor to splendor. Isn't that cool? All right, you can hit that next slide, Tuana. All right, I'm just going to give you a couple of scriptures that all say the same thing, really. So Colossians 1.27, this is what we took communion on. says, this mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his who? You guys, you saints, you. Aren't, doesn't that feel good? They probably picture you in the Vatican, Michael. Probably not. <laughs> there should be if they want to start putting man up there. Amen. A picture of every one of us should be up there because we are saints is what it says. Set apart, sanctified. So the mystery which has been hidden from, and I can say that because I went to Catholics at 18. So all you Catholics, relax. I love you guys. All right. I, I was there too. So people get all bent out of shape about religion and this and that. They go, none of it means anything to God. If you want to do that, do that. If you want to do this, just know that everything's in Christ. If you want to do these rituals, do that. Rituals, fine. You guys understand me with that? You want to go in water, you want to do this, fine. Don't let any of that fool you from anything but Christ, is what Colossians says. All right? So, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. How has it been revealed to his saints? Jesus himself, that's what it said. We, we used to learn from the law, the prophets, the Psalms, etc., but now he came in the flesh and gave us more assurance because we saw what we truly are in him. Where man and God are one. You're... you're you are spiritual, you're heavenly and earthly in one. Isn't that cool? To me, it's cool. To them, God will make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in Christ in you. So what's this mystery? What's this mystery that everybody was waiting to see? The Old Testament says the angels were waiting to see this day. What was the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Every, all those Old Testament stories were written about this magical, mystical thing that you're going to become one with God again. That's Christ in you. Now, we just heard this service, uh, which shocked me, actually. You know, the Christ, hey, the anointing upon and the anointing within. I'm like, gosh, man, no wonder the church is such a mess. And it's like a mega ministry that you would all know. And he's like, listen, there's a difference between the anointing on and the anointing within, because the anointing within leaves you sometimes. Like, wait a minute, I thought it says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Never. I know, but 
And this is a mega ministry, bro. I don't want to say names. I was just like, God, no wonder. No wonder. How many of you guys taught that? If you sin, he'll leave you. I'm like, no, he won't. He never will. That's the amazing part of this deal. So to them, God will to make known what are the riches. Does riches sound like balance? Of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, not just you Jews, all flesh is what he's trying to say. What this mystery is the anointing. That's really what Christ means, the anointing in you. This confident expectation of all those Old Testament stories of this glory that we we're waiting for. And glory, if you go look it up, it's literally weight, but uh, it's strong. It's 1391. Doxa, it's a good opinion or a weight. Um, your intrinsic value, your majesty, your magnificence, your excellence, your dignity, your grace. Does that sound balanced at all, how traditional balance? He goes, God wanted to reveal this mystery that you're equally weighted, you're equally mad, you carry the same majesty, the same magnificence, the same excellence, the same dignity, and the same grace as Jesus Christ himself. He's in you now. Isn't that awesome? So what does that mean to us, really? It doesn't mean, it, it, I would just, for a week, don't even pick up your Bible. Just meditate on that. Like, what's true about Jesus is true about me. Wow, that's cool. So if Jesus was in my situation, what would he do? Would he freak out? That's, she knows that. That's one of my deals. I'm like, no freaking out, please. It's okay. There's no emergencies ever. There, I mean, I hope you catch that, honestly. There are no emergencies in life. It's really not. This didn't catch God by surprise. Did you know that? Anything you're going through did not catch him by surprise. The emergency just makes it worse, typically, because people can't focus on, like, wait a minute. He says this is this covenant where we're supposed to just rest assured our heart again that this didn't surprise him. We carry the same anointing and glory and magnificence and dignity as Jesus himself. We're one with him. We're married to him. Isn't that amazing? I don't know. Do, does that rest anybody's soul besides mine? Now, do I freak out? Yes, but then I remind myself, stop freaking out. You teach this. So stop freaking out. I'm not saying I'm, I'm just, I, I, I talk to myself that way. Wait a minute, Mike, you're freaking out a bit, right? And this didn't catch him by surprise. He sits out of time. There's no, there's no freaking out in his, no, I, I got this one, Vicky. Amen? All right. So this gift of righteousness will reign Oh, okay, we went forward. All right, Romans 5, 17. I'm just trying to show you all these same things, that he's trying to show you the same thing, that Christ was really just a picture of you, that man and God are unified again in one. Isn't that wild? So Paul caught it. If you go look at Acts, Paul's just running around going, listen, this is who I am now that I realize that I'm in one with Jesus Christ. So that's where all the miracles and everything happened. And so can you guys go do the same thing? Of course you can, Right? The challenge is you get a lot of this teaching, like sometimes he's on you and sometimes he's not. No, that's just not accurate. It's, he's always there. He never leaves. So if by one man's offense, who is that first man? Adam. And it doesn't say the second Adam. What does it say? The last man, the last Adam, actually. So there's a, there, was a, there was man, the fleshy man, the first Adam that we were all in, and then the last man that we were all in. Did that man die? Yes, it died. And now you are the... New creation is what it says. All things have become new. He died your death. He rose your life. So you get to live his life. Isn't that cool? I'm, I, so I just, you know, I, I just try to change how I think about things a little bit and go, gosh, if I get to live his life, then this is what I'm going to do. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own the Yankees, man. I am. They're losing right now, so that's no good. It means the price is going to come down. But uh, <laughs> that's good. So... All right, so he was talking about this one Adam, this one man. For if in one man's offense, death reigned. How many of you guys were taught that? We're all sinners saved by grace. Have you ever all taught that? Was it your fault that you became a sinner? No, because it says you were in Adam. You were in the first man, right? 
all of us were in math. So what did, how much did we have to do with that? Zero. See, he's trying to show you those are types and shadows. Adam, the first man, was a type and shadow of who? Jesus Christ. So he's saying, listen, if by one man's offense, that first Adam, death reigned through that one. This is one of the much mores. I love these. So much more, those who receive the abundance of grace, doesn't sound like balance, the abundance of grace and gift of the weight, the magnificence, the glory. That's what righteousness, literally, the balance of, I've balanced you with Jesus Christ himself. It's a gift. That's why I highlighted that. What do you do for a gift? Thank you, Lord. Amen? Does that make sense? And then we've made receiving a work. Remember the first time they were trying to baptize in the Holy Spirit? Just receive it. I believe and I receive, Lord. And I remember thinking about that. We're like, we're trying to struggle to receive. It's like everything we don't believe. It's, we think it's this crazy thing. And they're like, you just got to relax and then you'll receive it. The truth was I received it 2,000 years ago. That's the truth. Does that make sense? And so anyway, they think it's this other thing, but that's all right. You know why? Because they get to boast in that. They get to boast in that. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. So the abundance of grace and the gift of oneness, this majesty, this magnificence, this balance of Christ will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You're going to reign in what? Life. We hate death, don't we? We were just talking about that. (laughs) See? (laughs) Can I share the story? Okay. I heard it was illegal, though. We got barn swallows. Anybody have barn swallows at their house? You ever go to a house, right, David? You're laughing. And there was one right above our front door if you come in, and it was pooping all over, the, all over our front door. It was like this mound of... And so we were trying to be nice. And we heard that like, it's like protected, and you can't knock these things down. So we'll just say we accidentally fell off. Um, but anyway, so we thought it was... We thought the babies were done. We're like, okay, we're going to just... We're going to live with the bird doo-doo for a couple months until the babies are gone. Well, they, they had round two. We didn't know that. They were having more. So she knocked it down. There's death in there. You know, there's a little bird that died in there. But everything in us goes, oh, we hate death. When you see an animal get hit on the road, don't we hate it? At least I do. I'm like, oh. It's not natural to us. So anything, anything, guys, we know we're created for glory. Deep in your heart, you all do because you're, part, you're created in this image. And we all know, we all know that poverty, when we see those... Uh, you know, when they're trying to raise money for starving kids, whatever, doesn't your heart just rip out when you see that stuff? Because that's God's heart. He goes, I didn't design it this way. The foundations were, I, I designed everything in my image. And then it was man that fell from grace, not because he sins. See, sinning is not a behavior. You guys understand that? Now, the church I grew up in, sinning was a behavior to them. You stop doing this. Guys, the actions are just a... Yeah, an outgrowth, uh, it's the symptom of what's truly going on in our heart. That's the, the outward sin is, has nothing to do with, it's all an inward thing that we believe we're separated from God and he's angry at us, so we separate ourselves from him, is what it says. He never separated us from himself. In fact, that's what he said. He goes, you were all like sheep that just went astray. I went, and went to find you. I went and redeemed you. I went to after you. That's how much I love you. Follow me? I'm here taught that he can't see sin, so he separated himself for us because he's so righteous he can't see sin. You know what you're taught? The other says he was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Is Jesus without sin? Did he ever go see it? He loved it. He actually did. If you go read the Gospels, if there was a quote-unquote sinner, who did he hang out with? He saw it. In fact, he went over to it. 
says, listen, you guys think you're already healthy. I'm like a physician. I didn't come to, to heal the guy who thinks he's already healthy. I came to heal the people that know they're not healthy. Follow me? Of course he can see sin. He went and found it out. He looked for it, actually. That's just nonsense. So anyway, uh, he gave us this gift. Does that make sense to you guys? All right. So Tuan is moving without me. <laughs> that means move forward. All right. 2 Corinthians 5.17. <laughs> Therefore, uh, this was from last week. He's trying to show the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. If I read Acts 17, I would show you that too. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ? Yes. yes. Now, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's something to ponder. When it says God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos, all the created things, to himself. What does that mean to you? I'm not going to answer it for you. What does it mean to you? That'll whack your theology. Won't it? God was in Christ. Recon- now let's go look at what reconciliation is. So if we know what reconciliation is, that'll wreck your theology, honestly. God was in Christ reconciling the entire creation, the cosmos, to himself. So let's read what reconciliation is. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're new. Isn't that beautiful? The old is gone. Old things have passed away. That's why the old covenant faded. Everything was old. You guys get all that. I've taught that plenty. And the new one's new forever. Amen? And so... All things have passed away. Look, behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, genitive, meaning that everything that now is came, its source was who? God. Isn't that wild? Is, have you, you never were taught that in Sunday school, were you? No, I know you're starting to get it, aren't you? It starts to go, oh my God, if this is true, then what? I know it takes you down to scary places, though. All things are from him who has reconciled Catalasso to himself. How? Through Jesus Christ and has given us this service of reconciliation. That is, so he tells us what this is. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos, the world, to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us this message, this word, of that you've already been reconciled in Christ 2,000 years ago. Now, if we go look at Catalasso, it literally means... It's translated as reconciliation in English, but it says a mutual exchange of equal value. So God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos. Are you, are you involved in the cosmos? So what's your value to him? You're equal with him. You're married to him. You're in his family. You're a son. You're an heir. All these concepts that are in the Bible. Isn't that cool? You're married to the king of kings. He bowed his knee at Calvary and said, hey, you can now take my name because I'm going to die away your old man and now you can all be reconciled to me. Equal exchange. He goes, up until now you haven't prayed anything in my name, but now you can even take my name. She can take my name. Does that make sense? And if I have healing, does Christ have healing? Then can she have it? Not, not only can she have it, she already owns it. She's a joint heir. There's nothing to do. See, our doing is what screws us all up. Amen? You guys understand that? So, are you, are you um, oh, what's a sacred cow you want me to kill? Um, I, I don't need to. I think I've done a good job of that. It's really, the message of God was that I'm showing you who you always are as if in a mirror. If, you, if one was in the first Adam, then all of you are in this last Adam, Jesus Christ, is what he's saying. If all of you were a sinner, then all of you are in Christ, and now life is going to reign forever. Amen? Does that make sense? And then Acts, oh, I can't go there because I'm going to get you out right on time here. All right. So, if you're taught, then you can get to your feet. So, I think you're getting this. Amen? Yes. All right. 
How many of you guys have heard you need to do something more? Or pray differently, or do something differently, or? I was going to ask you that, County. <laughs> yeah, fast more, amen? Those are rudiments of the world. You know, Jesus' fast was whose fast? Your fast, because you were in him, amen? Now, if you want to starve, that's okay, but I enjoy a feast, hallelujah? I do. It's, it's like this old covenant concept where you have to do something. And he goes, listen, you can't, you can't fast, you can't pray, you can't read the Bible, you can't do anything, you're complete in me. Now, do, am I discouraging all those things? If you're doing it to get there, yes. If you're doing it where you wake up in the morning and go, God, this is going on in my life, and uh, I must be missing something, then I, I'm against those things. I really am. I go, because it'll hurt you. You'll start thinking that there's a lack somewhere. If you need to do something more, the message is because you're not good enough or you didn't do enough, or maybe you didn't believe the right way. That's a big one. That can become a work too. Does that make sense? Hey, if you believed how we believed. No, he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. You're of equal value. So anything that Jesus could have access to, you have access to for free. Isn't that powerful? So if, I, if she's married to me, she has my name. That's what he's trying to say. You're surnamed, literally what that is. You're surnamed Christ Jesus. The anointing and salvation is your surname now. That's kind of hard to get your arms around, but Lily, if you can understand the marriage, that two will become one, this mystery. I own everything he has. Hallelujah. Amen? So did Jesus freak out when there's a problem? No. no. What did he do? He knew he had access to the Father, and anything he needed, it was already his before he even asked. Does that make sense? See, all of you have, he, he, listen, he says, I laid my life down for you. Nobody murdered me. Nobody killed me. I purposely did that. He goes, don't you know I have legions of angels I could call on any time and blow this whole thing up? I'm willfully going because I love you so much. I'm going to say, no way will I leave my kids in that situation. I'm going to redeem you to myself. Isn't that powerful? So what are you going to do tomorrow? If you read the Bible, don't read it from the sense of I need to do something more to find out. If I'm missing anything, I'm telling you, you're not missing anything. You're in Christ, lacking nothing is what scripture says. Hallelujah. That's the message of Jesus. So instead of you're taught balance, that means you're out of balance. Yet he says, God was in Christ. Righteousness literally is, I've perfectly balanced you with the same weight, magnificence, glory, power, joy, love of Jesus Christ. You're equal already. There's nothing to do. In fact, if you're taught you need to balance, I promise you, they're out of balance. Hyper grace is the only balance you can have. Isn't that wild? All right. So if you're taught you need to balance instead of the fact that you're already righteous and of equal weight and glory, that's really what balance, the balance of God is you're already balanced. That's what he's trying to say. And weight and glory in him, you're hearing religion. It's the tree of I'm trying to get there. That's what killed mankind, thinking they were different than God from the beginning. God never changed anything when Adam and Eve fell from grace. It was their heart that thought, I'm not equal with God anymore. I'm not worthy because I'm going to die that old thing away and show you what your new found creation is Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you guys? All right, when you look at Christ, who are you seeing? Scripture says as if it's a mirror. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so that's so beautiful when you understand it. So you look at you go, man, there's that guy again. Hallelujah. Look at that. I'm looking as if I'm looking at Christ himself. That's what I want you to start doing because a lot of times we, God, we feel this dejection and something's, listen, there's things going on in our lives, etc. where I know it, it affects our hearts where we don't want to believe this good news, but it's true. That's what he's trying to say. He goes, I want you to, to relax and rest in me because I've already done all of the work. Now just freely receive it. Does that make sense to you guys? All right. So you can pray how you want to pray. Really, and I've been trying to share this with you. Your prayer, you got something, Reg? You're moving, I can tell. 
Shake. <laughs> prayer is simply, see, we think it's our prayer that made it happen. It really is just stirring up what's already true about us. Does that make sense? So when you pray even, don't even think you have to exert yourself in this thing. It says, listen, a prayer of a righteous man avails much. It just means you're in unity. When you, when you require anything, know you already have it. So if you need healing, you already have it. If you, have finance, if you need finances, just know you already have it. So you'll have a lot more confidence if you know you already have it. You just can't see it is what it says, but it's real. Follow me? So come on up, whatever you want to share. I don't know which mic is on. Can you do, uh, whose was this? Sulin? Oh, this was cats. Can you turn on cats? No, was anybody hear that? Okay. Uh, yeah. When when Mike had to slide up with the uh, the balance, I just saw the yoke of Jesus. You know, the yoke of God. I could see that. And guess. Jesus is on this side over here, and you're right next to Jesus. And God is over on this side, but it's perfectly balanced. And that, you know, that yoke is so light, Jesus, you know, does it all. So we thank you, Father, that uh, we are set free at last. I mean, thank you for bringing this message of freedom to everybody. It's going to cover the world, you know. Uh, just as the water covers the sea, this message of freedom is going to cover the entire world. And this is the little seed that's starting it over here, this little church. Can you believe that? This little church is going to affect the world. So, Father, we thank you that you've given this kind of revelation to Mike and, and many others are picking up on it. Some of the old guys that are, you know, been so steeped in, in unbalance, you're just throwing it all out and, and letting them know they are a new creation. And, we thank you, Father, for it. And bless everybody as they go out tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.